0: Welcome your neighbor again to church. Say so welcome to church. Now, 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 ask them, can you feel the presence of God? We thank God for our, our brother. Wasn't that awesome? Totally, totally awesome. Um, today, we are, this weekend, we are starting a new series, and um, it, it is, it is, it is, a prophetic word from God to to us and God is saying to us fight now many times when we are in a situation we want we want God to to do all the heavy lifting and and and, and we just want to enter into the um the good, the the, the lot, and, and just have fun. But you see, God is saying to you and I fight. So say to your neighbor, fight. Now I know I mean your mind is going in different directions. I mean, how are we supposed to fight? What does he mean by fight? I mean, does God really want us to fight? How are we supposed to engage in fighting? And Today, we are going to lay a foundation, as it were, for the, for the series. And we are going to begin to build up on it by the grace of God from next week. The word fight is the same word in French, combat. And um, if you are conversant with war and terminologies of war, you know, the combatants are uh, the, like, Foot soldiers, the guys that engage in um, close proximity conflict. Praise the name of the Lord. And combat or fighting is a purposeful, it's defined as a purposeful, it was a purposeful, it's a purposeful, violent conflict meant to weaken. Establish dominance over or destroy the opposition, or to drive the opposition away from a location where it is not wanted or needed. Combat or fighting has to be purposeful. It is purposeful, it is violent. And there is going to be conflict. Many of us, many of us are gentlemen and gentle ladies. I really don't like this idea of conflict. We are not comfortable with this notion of violence. Violence, Pastor, in the church, how can we be talking about violence? But well, you see the kind of violence we are talking about in the church. And, you know, we are like, you know, pastor, can't we, can't everybody just get along? And can't everybody just, you know, let live and let's live? And, you know, even if everybody wants to do that, the enemy doesn't want you to leave. Praise the name of the Lord. His objective is to steal, is to kill, is to is to destroy. I mean, I don't want to be violent. I, don't, I want to be gentle. Even as a Christian, you know, I want, to be, I want to be gentle. I don't want to be violent. As a person, I am naturally gentle. I am not violent. And you say, regardless of your personality, regardless of your, of your personal preferences, the truth is that there are aspects of your life that you cannot gain access to except you fight. There are things that will continue to elude you until you put your feet down, roll your sleeves, and fight. You cannot take delivery of your great destiny in God without a fight. A lot of destinies are lying waste because people are not engaging. They are not fighting. You see, in God's favorite house, our our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus and released into our destinies, taking the world for him. So, being released into our destinies is a big part of of our assignment as a church. And you cannot take delivery... Of your destiny without a fight. Do you know why? It's simple. Because there is an enemy of your soul. There's an, I'm not talking about people. And you know, there of course, the enemy uses people. The enemy can't operate without people. He can't really operate without people. So he uses people. But I want you to see it for what it is. There's an enemy of your soul. There's an enemy. There's an anti-destiny enemy, if you will. There are forces that are set up to prevent people from taking ownership of their destiny. So you can't take delivery until you you fight. Everybody say fight. Fight. Tell your neighbor you have to fight. fight. I want to look at them. I say, you look very gentle and that is nice. You look very beautiful, but you have to fight. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You have to fight. If you if you look at that public definition of um of combat and fighting, if you, if you look at it it, 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 it says that for you to take. For you to fight, you have to be purposeful, you have to be violent, you have to be, there has to be conflict. And if you apply it to taking delivery of your destiny, for you to take delivery of your destiny, you have to engage in purposeful, violent conflict that will do four things. Purposeful, violent conflict, number one, that will weaken the opposition. Your destiny... Your health, your finances, your family, your marriage, your children, your businesses, your careers. You need to be purposeful and engage to weaken the opposition. Today, I mean, we are kind of laying a foundation for this whole series. But the grace of God from next week will be Diving in in deeper. Number two, when beyond weakening the foundation, the violent conflict, the purpose of violent conflict is so that you can establish dominance. So that you can establish dominance in your career. So that you can establish dominance in your business. You can establish dominance in your marriage. You can, you can Destroy every little Mrs. Potiphar. You can establish dominance in your markets, in the marketplace. Do you know, you know, you must have heard me share this, I mean, when we talk about spiritual warfare and all that. You know, do you know that one of the most spiritually active places is the marketplace? In fact, if you, if you if you if you are going to the market next time, ask God to open your eyes, if you will, for you to see action. The market is fear, it's, it's war. But the enemy tries to deceive us to think, oh, it's normal, it's okay, you know. No, 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 no. It is not. You have to get into the market with force. You have to establish your dominance. By by force. In fact, the economist talks about market forces. You know, they've called it demand and supply. You know, and they talk about scarcity. You know, economists tell us when there's a lot of supply, demand drops. When there's a lot of, when supply is short, demand rises, right? <laughs> Let me tell you something. There are spiritual forces. I, 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 there's no time to unpack it, unpack that bit. There are spiritual forces that determines market prices, even of oil. Crude oil. Ah, let me stay on track. God wants you to establish dominance. I know, I know that some of you say, but pastor, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I just have a shop. I'm just selling. Everybody's my friend in the market. You know, we're all just selling. Good. Keep selling. Number three. To destroy and crush the opposition. Purposeful, violent conflict to weaken the opposition, to establish your dominance. Don't stop there. To destroy and crush the opposition. You know, again, I'm getting a lot of vibes from people who are like, crush the opposition, destroy the opposition. pastor, We are supposed to love our enemies. Now, again, I'm not talking about human beings. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm talking about spiritual forces. Everyone say spiritual forces. But interestingly, the spiritual forces cannot operate without human beings. God cannot operate on earth without human beings. Did you know? That's why I said whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Similarly, Satan and demons cannot operate on earth without human beings. There must be occultic priesthood that are maintaining those altars and are invoking altars of things and all that spiritual activity. So sometimes, inevitably, when you deal sufficiently with the spirit, you see some physical manifestations inadvertently. But you are not interested in fighting people because we wrestle not against are you getting it now? You see, my, my mom used to tell us, you know, I, I, I shared it in the first worship experience yesterday. My mom used to tell us that don't let any witch use you for testimony. Do you know what that means? Don't let any witch use you for testimony. What, she was, what she's saying is, is this. You know, God is magnanimous. God is merciful. So, there are witches that get saved. Right? And God is merciful. And I personally, I've, I've heard a lot of them, I mean, confess, you know. And they say, oh, when I was in the kingdom of darkness, oh, there's this... Sister in church, I used to suck her blood. There's this, this man, I was the one that destroyed their marriage. Just for fun. I just entered and I just scattered. I'm telling you. But now they are saved. And they will go to heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. So my mom says, How many years do you have? Don't let any witch you for testimony. Do you know what that means? If they come to your home, you crush them. That's what it means. That's simply what it means. When, if, they, if they approach to... They can't even... Come, when they try to come near you, they get roasted. That's what it means. You see... <laughs> I'm all for people repenting know. You know that. But I also know people who have free wills. And so people may never let some spirit leave them. If they must go with the spirit, it's their choice. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Praise the, the Lord. You know, a story of. Anyway, we stop, we stop. Let me just go on from my heart. A story of this woman. She came to church. The power of God fell. She was manifesting all kinds of things. And there was a particular demons, demonic spirit that was going to be cast out. And demon spirit, it was difficult to cast out the demon spirit. So the Holy Spirit said, ask, does she want to be free? Does she want this demon spirit to go? Imagine that. I mean, that sounded ridiculous. Ask if a woman wanted to be free of demon spirit. Madam, do you want this demon spirit to go? She said no. You see, because you cannot deliver people against their will? She said no. She says, ah, why? She says, why would I want it to go? What I use in controlling my husband. When I tell him to sit down, he has to sit down. You know, there was another case. She said, I tell him to drive me to my boyfriend's house. He will stay downstairs. I will go upstairs. And when I'm done, and come down. He'll take me home. He's reading newspaper in the car. Taxi driver. And you want me to let go of that power? By this time the husband was shaking. Pastor, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I said, no, but you marry which. Are <laughs> you you see all oh, the normal human beings? <laughs> is which way to carry? <laughs> now you're saying, what do we do? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Now <laughs> why am I going in this direction? I've tried to come back on track. If you were here yesterday, you know this is not in my notes. Ah. So you have to fight. That's all. You have to fight. But it's a, it's a very, you know, there's going to be blood because when your enemy is the person you are sleeping with on the same bed, get ready for blood. But you need to decide what's going to be. What's it going to be? Are you going to remain a puppet all your life? Or are you going to get up and fight? What's it going to be? Number four. Drive the opposition away from a place where it is not wanted or needed. So, generally, in combat, there are specific code of conduct. There are specific rules of engagement. You, if, you must have heard about the Geneva Convention. That is, that is the humanitarian code of waging war, present day warfare. That is. You must have heard about the Chivari Code if you are a student of historical warfare, or the Law of War. Those are the codes of war. But you see, the interesting thing about our kind of war and the enemy we are fighting is that the enemy doesn't abide by any rule. This enemy doesn't have any code. Enemy doesn't have any code. He fights dirty. He he, he uses anything, any available vessel. That is why you have to be careful of people that are sitting on the fence. Anyone in your life that is sitting on the fence is, a, is, a, is, an, is an easy tool for the devil. Easy tool. He doesn't fight fair. He, ha- he just has only one objective: to steal, threefold one objective: to kill and to destroy. That's all. That's all it's about. Praise the name of the Lord. So I say, I mean, I, I reasoned. I mean, I'm like, why? So why don't people fight? Why don't people fight? There are situations that I'm like, oh guy, you have to fight. Madam, you have to fight. Why don't people fight? Three main reasons. The other, obviously, I mean, derivatives of these three reasons. The, the first one is ignorance. They don't know they should fight. People don't fight because they don't know they should fight. They are ignorant. They think life is all about, if, as long as I wish you well, then you will wish me well. Ah, no, you should wish people well, yes. But that is not a guarantee. That's not life. They are ignorant, pure ignorance in some cases. It's just pure ignorance. In some other cases, it is, it is bad doctrine. They've been taught they don't need to fight. It's bad doctrine. They've been taught they don't need to fight. So, it, they just become a, a, a dumping ground. And if I explain the nature of our warfare, maybe It will help those that are struggling with that kind of paradigm. You see, the nature of our warfare, and this is where they get it all twisted, is that Jesus went to the cross and died for us. Jesus paid the price on the cross of Calvary. And that victory is won. That victory is complete in Christ. But you see, so pastor, so why do we have to fight? Our fight is not For victory. Jesus, we already have victory in Christ. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. Huge, huge difference. You are not fighting for victory. You need to sort that out in your your paradigm. Thank God for that lady's testimony. She says that she believes God that she has a kidney. She's fighting from victory. She's trusting she will see the manifestation, and she will. In the name of Jesus. She's fighting from victory. We are not saying, oh, God, you know, help me. They want to kill me. No, 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 no. They they can't kill you. You are seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. That's where you are seated. In the place of victory. So when the choir says stomp, stomp on the enemy. What do you stomp? You stomp things that are under your feet. You stomp things that are under your feet. So you need to get that straight. But you need to fight. You need to use the victory that has been given. Jesus says when he was, resur- when he, um, after dying and resurrecting, and he came back and resurrected and came back and he showed up and he said to the disciples, all powers in heaven and earth have been given unto me, right? Then he said, go and do what? And, and fight. That's all it that's all means. Make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says that heal the sick, cast out demons. What's that? Fight. And he says, lo, I am with you always. You will not fight alone. To the end of the time. That's what Jesus is saying. You will not fight alone. Not you will not walk alone. You will not fight alone. If you read 2 Chronicles 10, 17. I'm going to read it very quickly. It says, but you will not even need to fight. Now listen. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go against them tomorrow. Ah! I thought we don't need to fight. I thought we should just sit down and be drinking pina i and just be sipping coffee, you know. But he says, you don't need to fight on one hand. On the other hand, he says, go against them tomorrow. And that's why a lot of people get it twisted. The key thing is this. Yes, you don't need to fight. Meaning, the victory will not be by your strength. But go against them tomorrow. One, we chase a thousand. Two, we chase Ten thousand. So that's why God is saying, how can one tease a thousand and two ten thousand if the Lord does not fight for them? So God is saying, I'm going to be the super over your natural. Then you will be supernatural. That's why you need to fight. Zechariah 10.5. Put it this way, Zechariah 10.5. He says, "They will be like a mighty, like, like mighty warriors in battle. Trampling their enemies in the mud under their feet, since the Lord is with them as they fight. They will overthrow even the enemies of men. You have to fight. Why? Because God has a promised land for you. But you see, God said to the Jews, I have a land for you. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And they went and they saw. You know, interestingly, God did not say the land is flowing with milk and honey and has giants. God never acknowledges the giants. Never. He says, go and possess it. And they sent some spies and they came back. And he says, truly, the land is flowing with milk and honey. But God didn't tell us the total picture. There are giants in the land. And we look like grasshoppers. Eh. Because you are not the one that will kill the giants. Praise the name of Allah. You need to understand that every promised land, every land that is flowing with milk and honey has giants as occupants. Any land that doesn't have giants is not worth your while. Any land that doesn't have giants really is not flowing with milk and honey. Every good land is occupied. And since you are going to take possession, you have to dispossess the giant. You have to fight. You have to fight. You have to fight. In Mark three twenty-seven, it talks about a, a, a strong man. There's a strong man. Jesus says, let me illustrate it further. Let me illustrate it like this. Who is powerful enough to enter a strong man's house? Because when you enter a strong man's house, you have to deal with the strong man first before you plunder his goods, before you take possession of his goods. So you need to understand this. Your destiny is bright. Your destiny is great. Your destiny is huge. You have to fight for it. You have to contend for it. But while you are doing that, understand that. God says "I will contend with them that Content with you. So you are not going to fight alone. Second reason why people do not fight is because they are afraid, fear. They are afraid to fight. They are afraid to fight. They are afraid to fight. fight. And God is saying to you and I today don't be afraid to fight. Number one, it is inevitable anyway, so there's no point to be afraid. Do you know why, by the grace of God, I can't remember ever being afraid to write any exam? There's no exam on earth that I enter the exam or I'm shaking. Never. Do you know why? At a very young age, I reasoned this thing out. This thing is inevitable. Everybody has to go and do this thing anyway. <laughs> so why should you be afraid of it? Because if you are afraid of it, you have to do it. There's no escaping it. You might as well get ready and, and face it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God, you see, every Christian, again, I pray that God will open your eyes to see yourself spiritually. The average Christian is armed to the teeth. If God will show you, show you how you look like spiritually, you have grenades, you have an AK-47, you have an automatic rifle, you have an assault rifle, everything dangling around you. Guess what? You, are, you also have a sniper gun. You... <laughs> listen. Listen. You are armed to the teeth. Now I want you to say to your neighbor, look at me very well. I may look very pretty on the outside. But I am armed and dangerous. <laughs> I'm armed and dangerous. <laughs> you see, the truth is, the average Christian... What I mean by average, I don't mean that any Christian is average, but I mean that except you have maybe wasted your resources or you are in sin or God has turned his back on you. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, I mean, normal Christian that is living a Christian life is armed to the teeth. It's unbelievable. But unfortunately, we don't know we are armed and, and we, we run from battle. We, we, we run from battle. I want you to leave this place today determined in your heart that while you will not be reckless in taking on any battle that comes your way, make up your mind that the battles that are inevitable, you will never run from battle. Make up your mind. I will never run from battle. Psalm 78 verse 9, talks about the warriors of Ephraim. The warriors of Ephraim, though armed with bows, in, in, this is like, I mean, they have some machine guns, I mean, if you will. They turned their backs and fled on the day of battle. I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that you will not turn your back in the day of battle. Because people that turn their backs in the day of battle, nothing protects their backs. They are totally vulnerable. Only arrows and shots. God wants you to resolve it once and for all in your heart that I will fight. I will fight. And I'm fighting because I will win. Combat is active hostility. Get used to it. You're in combat and combat is active hostility. Get used to it. Many of us, we want people to, everybody to like us and, and God is going to give you favor with people in Jesus' name. But you said don't be deceived, not everybody will like you. You're in combat. It's, it's active hostility. It's hostility. Get used to it. I mean, years ago when I was in paid employment, you know, I mean, many of you you, 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 you are in a position and God has put you in a position and guess what? There are five, seven other people that feel that they are better than you and they should be in that position and you think that they are praying, they are doing that video for you to succeed. You must be kidding yourself. They're not. I mean, that's just, that's just the truth. That's just the truth. They're not. I mean, I was going t- to t- tell you a story years ago. I employment. I mean, I entered an organization, very great organization. I mean, and in the organization, I was, um, I don't know what they call them these days. You know? But I was reporting to someone. And in four years in the organization, the person was reporting to me. The people that, my, that I met in the organization, particularly this person, she was reporting to me. And every other person was, was reporting to me. Now, do you think they're excited? And we are friends. And guess what? These people, oh, you know, we all hang out. We all are going for lunch. We all... They don't know that the person they are dealing with is a warrior. There's something happening in the organization. And the person saw an opportunity to take my job. And I saw the true colors Don't kill yourself. Grandmother used to say that all the lizards are crawling on the floor. We don't know the one that has a stomach problem. Those <laughs> people, where did they get all this adage from? It sounds very funny. We don't know the one that has a stomach problem. You have to be ready for what? You have to understand that hostility is normal. It's normal. And you have to be able to thrive in an hostile environment. You must be able to thrive from playing sports to football matches. Yesterday, Nigeria won Denmark 2-0. Someone said they played a match. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we won. While we were jubilating, they were crying. Listen. When a match is going on, somebody has to rejoice. And somebody has to cry. You decide which one you want to be. (laughs) I've made up my mind. I want to rejoice. I've played, I mean... I remember, you know, I mean, thanks to someone here, you know, I started playing. I started playing golf like one year this month. It's one year, you know. And the person coaching me, then I, I said to him that, you know, just teach me how to play. I already know how to win. <laughs> I didn't understand what I was saying. I said, just teach me how to play. All I need to know is learn how to play. I already know how to win. Many of us, we know how to play, but we don't know how to win. Life is not only about knowing how to play. You must know how to win. And how to win is a transferable skill. If you know how to win, it's a transferable skill. And God wants to infuse that into you. He wants you to fight. A fighter, a winner is a fighter. Everyone that wins, everyone that comes out as a champion. You know, champions. Do you know why they are champions? Because they've gone through a lot of assaults and they came out on top. The, I mean, the guy they called um, the greatest of all time that passed away recently. Muhammad Ali, right? Do you know how many punches he endured? Do you know how many punches he endured? Before Muhammad Ali could be the greatest of all time, do you know how many punches, in fact, one of the problems he had later on was because of the punches. He has taken too many punches. But he still came up on top. Get used to it. Just settle it in your heart. It's not hard. This thing is not beans. I have all the resources. You are fully equipped. So go out there and make it happen. That's what God is saying to you. Go out there and fight. Make it happen. Don't be afraid. Number three, why don't people fight? incompetence, they don't know how to fight. They don't know how to. So because they don't know how to, I mean, they run. They don't want to fight because they don't know how to. I mean, back in the day, you know, in school, growing up, you know, if you don't know how to fight, you don't get into a fight. It's a rule. Just don't get into a fight. Or, if you don't know how to fight, find somebody that knows how to fight and be their friend. But God wants you to fight. Psalm 144. Psalm 144 verse 1. He says, praise the Lord who is my rock. It trains my hands for war. And my fingers skill for what? For battle. It gives my fingers skill for battle. I'm praying that God will train your hand for war. And your fingers for battle. In the name of Jesus. From this Wednesday at five, 6 to 8, we are going to be fighting, if you will. You can call it our fighting session. <laughs> By the grace of God, God is going to teach us how to fight. We are going to be engaging in some spiritual warfare. If you don't, if you are not serious about prayer, you can go on sabbatical from this tribe till in August. Don't come. It's fine. But if you enter this place, you have to fight. If I see you praying kucha kucha prayer, I'm going to come and I'm going to... Why? Why am I saying this? Is it that i you know, is it that you know, I, it's because I love you. And I see many people, they're just merry-go-rounding. When you should take hold of your destiny and give it what it takes and fight. There are people that there uh, are altars that are speaking against them. I mean, I mean some, someone came to meet me yesterday, and, and we, we both know because. God, I mean, gave, I mean, gave me that word for, for, for him. And I, and I said to him, you know, this is what has happened. This is what is happening. This, am, this, is, this is to happen. Long story short. And he, you know, he came to me and he was like, it is so true. And he was telling me his family story. I didn't know, but the Holy Spirit knew. And he says, I, I need to fight. He wanted me to start teaching him yesterday. I said, no, you have to come for trial. It's better because when we are together, there's the corporate anointing that is more effective. One, we chase a thousand. Two, we chase what? Ten thousand. And you can do the math. But before you fight, there are two things before you fight. The first thing is this you need to think second thing, you need to take counsel. But you see all that in Luke 14, 31. Luke 14, 31. It says, or oh, what king should go to war against another king without first sitting down. Everyone say sitting down. Sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against So immediately we see the first thing you do before you fight. Sit down. Calm down. Sit down. Think through the situation. What do I want? Be strategic. Think clearly. And secondly, take counsel. There are people that God has put in your life. Listen to what they have to say. You are not an expert in everything. Ask them. I need to engage in this area. What do you think? My friend and I were counseling um, someone that, I mean, she's lost a lot. And what's the source of the loss? It's so simple. I asked her, What life group do you attend? She said, none. It's so simple that if she had just taken counsel, if she had just spoken to any of the pastors, they would have saved her a lifetime of heartache. But because, you know what they call sabi-sabi? Sabi-sabi, I mean, if you know me, I mean, I'm a pastor by the grace of God. I pray by the grace of God. I hear God by the grace of God. But if I want to do things in different areas, I ask people around me. I always do. For many of us, we just run our lives. Proverbs twenty-eight eighteen 18 says to us that Plans succeed through good counsel. Have a plan, but they only succeed through what? Good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. Don't go to war without wise advice. Second Chronicles 25 from verse 19. The prophet is saying to the king of Judah, He says, you are saying, I have defeated Edom. In other words, because you've, you've had some small, small victory under your belt. You think you are smarter than everybody. This is what God is saying. You say, I have defeated Edom. You are very proud of it. But my advice to you is stay at home. Why do you want to stir up trouble that will bring disaster on you and the people of Judah? But... Amaziah, the king of Judah, refused to listen. Do you know why he refused to listen? For God was determined to destroy him. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that none of us will get to a place where God will make us not to hear counsel. Because people that are like this I've encountered a few people that it's like, I'm like, is it that, could it be that God really wants to destroy this person? Why? Because one of the things that happen when even God, when he wants to destroy people, it makes them not to listen to counsel. In other words, if they listen to counsel, they will be fine. So, when he wants to destroy people, one of the first thing he does is that he gives them, he gives them a, what they call, yoruba's call, ori You know what they call ori Orikukun is uh, what? <laughs> Strong head, stubbornness, stubborn goat. That's what they call Orikukun. Take counsel. You know, my pastor in in school when I was in like, Unilog, Fellowship pastor. Told us a story about his, one of his friends. And this guy was on fire for God. I mean, all, all the works. And he was under some serious demonic influence and attack. Now, because he had friends. You have to have friends. You can't do life alone. That's just how it is. Be, before, because he had friends that were spiritual, which... This, my pastor, was one of those friends. His friends took time out to pray for their friend and to fast and to seek God for their friend. And while they were praying, God showed them a vision. What exactly was the situation? And in the vision, this, this Christian would go and torment like a monster. Flogged the monster recklessly. And when the monster gets up to attack this Christian, a hand will pull the Christian close to to the being. Obviously, that being represented God. The Christian had a band around his waist. So there was a rope tied to that band. So the, the hand will pull the Christian. Then, after a while, the Christian will go again, whip the monster. And the monster will get up to fight. And the hand will pull the Christian. Obviously, when the monster sees the bean behind the hand, the monster backs off. But after a while, the, this Christian was enjoying the, you know, and he feels that this band is just a restriction, you know. So he took off the band and tossed it away and still went and was whipping the monster. And the monster said, eh? The free food. Listen, without God, we are nothing. We are nothing. And of course, that was the root of his problem. So they could help him and they could get him out. My question to you today is, do you have people that can pray for you when you have problems? Do you? I'm not saying, do you have a number of a pastor? I'm not saying, do you have a number of... No, that's that's not... I'm talking about, do you have spiritual friends, people that that love you, that can pray? If you don't, something is wrong with that. Number two, do you listen to counsel when they speak to you? Do you hear? Can you listen? Do you listen? Do you take off the band and throw it away? Or do you listen? So before you fight, you need to understand that. You also need to understand, certain baselines, that you cannot fight if you don't take sides. You cannot fight. In Joshua five thirteen, Joshua said to the um, commander of the host of heaven, Are you for us? Are you against us? Because in every warfare, there's, you have to be on one side. The people that suffer the most casualties are the people that are in a, in, a, um, in a limbo. They are not on this side, they are not on that side. So they suffer blows from both sides, they are trampled upon. They are used as puppets. Praise the name of the Lord. So you can't fight if you don't take a stand. If you were here during tribe, you understand the next thing I want to say is that you cannot fight if you are not angry. I know I'm saying a lot, but I pray you get it. You cannot fight if you are not angry. As long as you continue to tolerate the situation, as long as you are not angry, God wants you to stir up yourself so that you can fight. Your destiny depends on it. In Matthew 11, 12, Matthew eleven twelve it says from the day of John the Baptist, from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. When you say the kingdom of heaven, sometimes we we don't connect to it. But let me tell you, your destiny is an extension of the kingdom of heaven. When you fulfill your destiny, the kingdom of heaven has expanded. Your home is an extension of the kingdom of heaven. Your career, your business is an extension of the kingdom of heaven. Your children, your godly seed, they are extensions of the kingdom of heaven. And for the kingdom of heaven to advance suffers violence and violent people take it by force and, and, and it, it has to be by force it's because that is, how, that is how life is you have to fight to get married you have to fight to stay married you have to fight to have children you have to fight To keep those children, you have to fight. To get a job, you have to fight. To stay employed, you have to fight. So that's why I'm really excited about this series. Because it's going to empower you in an unbelievable way. Praise the name of the Lord. The Amplified Version, the classic Amplified Version of that same scripture says... And from the days of John the Baptist until this present time the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it by force as a precious price. A share in the kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense Exertion. You have a portion of the kingdom assigned to you from heaven. Your destiny is a share of God's kingdom. And this share of God's kingdom is sought after with how much zeal? Most ardent zeal. How much exertion? In Intense exertion. Intense exertion. You need to fight. And you're not just fighting for yourself. There are, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake. You need to fight. It's not just for yourself. Believe it or not, there are people whose destinies are connected to yours. In other words, if you don't It may sound, I mean, almost blasphemous. If you don't fulfill your destinies, they cannot fulfill theirs. It's scary. And you are sitting here, and God is saying, You need to fight because you are not only fighting for yourself, you are fighting for these people. Because when you fulfill your destiny, they fulfill their destinies. So, if you're always thinking about yourself, then you are not really seeing the total picture. It is beyond you and I. Nehemiah chapter four, verse fourteen. Nehemiah four fourteen. It says, "Then, as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and said to them." Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. And do what? Not remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Oh, because God is great and glorious, then just sit down. The situation will not change. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and Fight. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. Fight for your faith. Fight for your career. Fight for your business. Fight for your destiny. Fight. There are people in this nation that are homeless and God wants you to house them. God wants you To provide shelters for the homeless. God wants you to fight for them. There are people that are going to bed hungry in this nation, in this country, even in this lucky environment. There are people that did not eat yesterday night, believe it or not, and they don't know how they are going to eat today. God wants you and I to feed them. be about you and I. It can't just be, you see, I mean, sometimes we don't get it. And I pray we get it today in Jesus' name. We think it's just about making money, about having gold and having silver. Silver being like precious stones. Then what? Then what? You 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 have 10 houses. Then what? How many can you even live in? You, okay, in your, in your house you have like Five cars, all of them are 2017 model. Great. Then what? Then what? Then what? Then what? You buy a private jet. Okay, okay, now you have a private jet. Then what? So you see that this thing is deeper than just you and I. There are destinies that are waiting. The problem with us is that we we look at our bank account and we say, okay, we have enough money, you know, let's just take, no, 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 no. Because you are only seeing yourself. When you see the enormity of the work that God has for you, you the son says, oh, pastor, if someone writes a check of a million dollars to God's favorite house, you will be happy you will dance. You even know what to do with it. I laughed. Excuse me. And I said to the person, <laughs> We want to do this. We want to do that. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. We to do this. We, and, and the person... So that even five million dollars is not enough. The things we need to do. I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating. If we have 50 million dollars now, it will go. We need to build houses for people that don't have houses. We need to put food on the table. There has to be a place. Where people can be sure that when I enter that place, at least I will have one tri- one s- square meal. Is it one? One straight line. One dot meal. <laughs> I will have one good meal. There's so much to be done. There's so much there are people that are being displaced. Ah, I don't even want to get through that. So much to be done. So, why do we need to fight? We need to fight for this nation. The darkness cannot overcome the light. We need to fight for our communities. We need to fight for our brothers. Husbands, you need to fight for your wives. Wives, you need to fight for your husbands. You need to fight for your home. You need to fight for your children. You need to fight. I need to fight. Let's our hearts as we bow our heads. We need to take hold of our destinies in God. And in warfare, in, in fighting, there's no demilitarized zone. You cannot sit on the fence. There's no fence. It's either you're on the Lord's side or you are not. If you're saying to me today, Pastor, I am not on the Lord's side. I have been sitting on the fence. I want to get born again today. I've never been born again. I want to pray with you wherever you are sitting. Or you're like, Pastor, I used to be like that man that I used to be on fire for God, but I've in. I've taken off the... The, the restraint of God. No wonder I've been afflicted here and there. I want to be free today. I want to come back. I want to pray with you. That is you. You don't need to come out. Wherever you are seated, I want you to put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together. That is me. God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well. God bless you. God bless you over there. 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 God bless you at the back. God bless you over there. I want to. God bless you over there. I want to cross over. God bless you over there. I want to. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless my sister. At that corner, I want to cross over. God bless my sister. Here, I want to cross over. I want to bless my brother. Here, I'm not on the Lord's side. I want to be on the Lord's side. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Once God bless you, right there at the back. Once you have the card, you can put on your hand. God bless you, right there. You can put on your hand. Once you have the card. But I want you to cry to God. Say to the Lord, I come to you today. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Translate me into your kingdom. Save me. Deliver me. Empower me. Father, we come in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and we pray for everyone making this decision today. Lord, receive them into your side, the winning side. Fill them with your spirit and power. Put your girdle around them again. Let them feel your presence and your hand. Mighty warrior, great in body. One more time. Mighty warrior. Mighty warrior great in my Jehovah is your name. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we begin this series and we step into our responsibility. To take hold of our destinies. And to be all that you have created us to be. Father, we realize that we are equipped. We realize that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We realize that we are not alone, that you are with us. As we step forward in engaging. Lord, empower us to beat down the enemies before us. Equip us, my Father, to weaken the opposition, to establish dominance, to destroy and crush every opposition, to drive away everything and everyone that is not wanted in our lives and our destinies. And the name of Jesus, will be glorified. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Honor and glory we give out to you. Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus.